Wow, Jerome, it's been so great having you over here, even though you're only just up the road from Baltimore. It's kind of weird how that foreign exchange student program just became any African-American. But, you know, I think we made the most out of it. Yep. You signed a paper and you got me, Jerome and Wigway from Baltimore. Well, I'm so glad I got to show you around the city. I mean, we got to eat some mambo sauce, which was that was I mean, delicious. Yeah, and then you showed me all about Old Bay, which was like, wow, what a cultural exchange. I'm glad we got to do that. Yeah, and then I I got to take you to a Bullets game. Do remember when Baltimore used to have the Bullets? <laughs> and now it's yours. It's crazy how things work like that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I just. I'll have to write you sometime or maybe, you know, give you a phone call. It'd be so what? great to catch up. Get out of here, Mr. Dellums. Maybe you could send Piper to come live with me in Baltimore and my family. Wouldn't that be great? Nigga what? You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these white saver films and recontextualize them through a black and PLC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we've got we've got in the in the last days of Black History Month is where we're recording this. So we've got what you could call a Black History Month classic film because it debuted during Black History Month. And I think a lot of people maybe don't necessarily associate it with it, but it, it does feel like a Black History Month kind of movie. I feel um, like it endures. Yeah. For yeah. that for that reason. And we also have a, a great guest today who Yeah. I mean you know, first of all, is is Black Twitter royalty? So you for real, for real, like, like, <laughs> we, we are we are quite today, honestly. Yeah, shout out hashtag Black Sean King. We'll talk about that a little bit, but uh, also, <laughs> uh, her work her work explores the connections between pop culture, blackness, and queerness, and womanhood. This is Hannah Pfeiffer. Hannah, how are you doing? Fine. How are y'all? Good. Great. Great. So, yeah, I mean, it is where we're near the end of Black History Month. It always, you know, it's calling across the finish line this time. <laughs> but I just wanted to, to, to do a Black History Month, like, end of month check in, like, how you feel about how it's been going. Because it's been, it always feels like every Black History Month, we're just like, you know, the whites have reached a new level. Like, it's, it's Peak like. Caucasity. Uh, yeah, it's like a siren call. Like the 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 month flips to February, they turn the calendar, and it's just like something activates, and they can't stop. It, <laughs> it's like the coon chip going off in the brain. The reverse, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So Hannah, just check it in with you. Like, what what's your Black History Month been like? Is Black History Month something that you maybe not necessarily look look forward to, but like something that you embrace in terms of you know everything that it brings, or is it something that you're just kind of like it's February. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just sort of something that happens. I feel like I haven't gotten any reparations this month from any of mm. my white followers. So, mm. you know, it hasn't been there's that still, great. There's a few days left. <laughs> they have time. <laughs> 
it is it's it's fascinating to me always in that like one just like the words black history month like the what it does to white people just as, like especially in terms of like where's white history month um you know like why are y'all you know so so I'm so happy <laughs> that's every day that's a <laughs> that's not particular to February. <laughs> um but i mean even particularly this black history month now where you've got Ron DeSantis and other people around the country just trying to literally end black history like it feels more urgent than ever but also at the same time like every every you know like they they didn't give beyonce that grammy right when it's like clearly should have won album of the year they've been really just like talking crazy like i mean they're talking crazy in general but like just listening to conversations going on in congress where you're just like what are you talking about like why are you, why are you like this um and then of all things they had to have the nba all-star game in utah which felt like that was a purposeful decision like they were like look there was malice there <laughs> there was malice involved there this is what you get um Cameron, how, how how do you feel at the end of Black History Month? I'm oof, tired, exhausted. <laughs> I thought I thought this was going to be a good one for some reason. I, I thought, like, I feel like remember like two two three years ago we had a real good one, the COVID one where we couldn't go outside and like we protested that, but we got back we got back inside, right? Yeah, that was like the real good one. And then every other Black History Month past three go-rounds, past two go-rounds, they're trying. They're trying us. Well, I feel like the one where Black Panther came out was a really good one, and then, like, yeah. it's been downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> was that? that was, like, a real big one. That's like, Did we get too much? Was that what happened? We, we, <laughs> we, we overshot. They, <laughs> they love Black Panther. No, no, no. We got to take mm. it back a little bit so they, so they appreciate the sequel when it comes out. <laughs> Well, before we get into the movie of the month, I did want to talk about hashtag Block Sean King because I know it's like he's still here, <laughs> and it's and it's curious to me how one like not even like how he you know still exists because Grifter's going to grift and he's going to do what he does, but it's like the the temerity to like not tone it down at all right to like i'm gonna be at this level forever no matter what like no matter what gets exposed no matter what comes out no matter how many shirts and clothes i don't ship or how much money i just like take from people <laughs> but also like people want him to go away right did you hear about the mountain climbing incident <laughs> oh i need yeah please inform because i I'm yeah not i don't know either <laughs> Well, this was like years before, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter thing. Like he's been at his whole grifting thing for years. And so one of them was that he fundraised um, money so he and he alone could go um, mountain climbing on like seven major mountains, including Mount Everest. And so the money was supposed to be put towards travel, but also towards um, like training, like he was supposed to do official like mountain climbing training. He did not climb a single step on any of those mountains. He said he ended up getting hospitalized or just worn out from training. No. And okay. Like this is all online. Like I can send y'all the links, but yeah, I would. I, I would that. like to see it. 
Yeah, so I feel like that's one of his more egregious, um, you know, grifts or whatever. Yeah, so on top of being a fake race warrior, he also, like, grifted money to do something that Black people just wouldn't do. <laughs> like, he was like, come with me on my my journey to a place that y'all would never, like, frequent at all. Anyway. Yeah, well, it, it's like, when you think about, you know, him and Dolezal <laughs> and, like, a bunch of other people who are, like... <laughs> in the margins like really trying to that's that's what they're doing they're really trying that's what they, I, I will say that <laughs> the, right well because there's there certainly are white people right who are like allies who are working mm. who are doing work and like you know they have their space that they occupy right and like it's not even necessarily like stay over there although in some cases you can <laughs> stay over there um but it is like you know, they have the self-awareness to know, right? Like some discussions they can have, some discussions, just leave it, maybe listen, you know, but like, we're not going to jump in the middle. He is (laughs) always in the middle. (laughs) He is always front and center whenever something happens. And like, I know I, Tyree Nichols stuff, a bunch of other stuff, I, you know, just kind of like ingested what I was able to take without like, doing too much but like i'm i have to be certain that he was right as it happened there. i don't know if he was i don't know if he went to know this but like right <laughs> he was just right i love Randy how we're just talking about him like we're 100 percent sure that he's white because <laughs> that's also been the huge controversy too that no one really knows what his race is but if he but what like, you be able to prove that like, just like like if I ask you on the street, if I ran up on Sean King on the street, it's like, are you black? He's like, well, there's a question there. If he, if there's more words than yes or no, then we have a problem. I think. But at this point, it's like, here's a family picture. <laughs> Give me the quick evidence. Like, just go to your apartment and see what's on your mattress. Right? Because, like, you know, if people were doing whatever, whatever, and it's like, okay, you know, but, like, at a certain point, you just got to say, okay, wait a minute. Like, this is, you know, here's my family, right? Because we've talked about this before. Like, we did uh, a family thing. (laughs) And sometimes you don't know, right? Like, if you were to look at Rashida Jones or, you know, a couple other people, Pete Wentz, you'd be like, I, that looks like a white person to me, on. but you know, then right. they could say, "Hey, here's <laughs> right, <laughs> but here's here's my whatever family member that is clearly you know a black person, and like then that's the end." But he has not shown any receipts and has just. Did tried you hear to... his official uh, explanation for his family tree or whatever? No, he had oh, he boy. had some like a twenty three and me type. So what he says is so that he has like put out a picture or like you know trolls or whatever have put out a picture of his family and it's um two white parents. <laughs> so <laughs> two white parents. But what he says happened is is that his mom had an affair with a black man. He doesn't know who the black man is, but that's his father. <laughs> mm, no, so he gave himself. A super fucked up origin story. <laughs> like he gave himself the most racist origin story he could possibly. So a deadbeat father though just wasn't around. Come on. Look, I mean, you know, we've got we've got Mike Tarico out in the world 
trying to tell us he's Italian. And I think, you, you know, he some, sma- people, he smack, so. <laughs> some people just have a story that's not going to change. And so, you know, live or die with it, I guess. But if I ever see him on the street, I'm not I'm going to like get him off guard. Like, oh, what you have for lunch today? Are you black? <laughs> <laughs> and if he ends, like, I just need the boom. Like, if he does it, if he hems and haws, just go. He ain't the guy. Uh, <laughs> well, let's let's get into our movie of the week, which is one that I think we we all have not seen in a long time. But yeah, in a long time, uh, Hannah was telling me that this is this was a childhood favorite and a movie <laughs> that she's got a lot of history with. So, Hannah, tell everybody uh, what movie you picked. I picked The Color of Friendship. <laughs> all right, and for those who don't know, that's a two thousand Disney Channel original movie. Uh, which is all about a it's it is a true story you know some of it we'll get into how true all of it is um, but it is about a black family in america during the 1970s that does a foreign exchange student program and the student that they get is from south africa who happens to be white uh, and and I don't want to say hijinks ensue, but certainly, <laughs> <laughs> certainly a the, lot happens. The death of a freedom fighter hijinks. <laughs> um, I don't know. So, yeah, Heather, what was it? We were talking a little bit before we started recording, but what was it that you thought initially of the movie when you saw it that made you watch it repeatedly and that made it one of your, your favorites? Well, I was like five four, five, and 2000. So this was like more so like when I was just a little bit older, like eight. Yeah. <laughs> when, a refined I, age of eight. <laughs> and so I, you know, whenever it was on the channel, Disney Channel, I would just watch it. I don't even remember why I particularly liked it, but I really did. Um, and the last time I watched it before, you know, watching it for this, um, I was like 14. And I was so caught off guard because it was on Disney Channel and they used the N word. <laughs> they used the hard ER. <laughs> I was like, on Disney? <laughs> so, so yeah, that was the last time I'd seen it before now. And did it, I mean, watching it back then, was, was something in particular speaking to you or were you like, I mean, obviously, you know, taking in the, the message of the movie, but was it something that you were like, I don't, I mean, to say like Team Piper or Team Mari is like a <laughs> weird <laughs> distinction, but were you like watching it and just kind of like, you know, yeah, get her, Piper, like <laughs> tell her about herself. When you're like real, or at least for me, being really young, you know, and beginning to learn about like race and racism and this very like sanitized version of it, I think that was just like a palatable way, you know, to teach a kid about, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't even understand the whole like South African apartheid aspect of it. I was just looking at it through a very sort of Western lens of what was yeah. going on. And you were also eight. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. Cameron, yeah. I mean, you said that you, you lost sell this movie when it was on TV in 2000. So like, do you have memories of this movie or was this something that like went in and then you just haven't thought about it until now? um when i heard it was the movie this week i was like okay that's that's the apartheid one right and then i kind of like just like (laughs) left it at that and then i went back and then the movie kind of 
it doesn't start there necessarily. So yeah, I was kind of thrown off guard and I was like, oh shit, am I watching the wrong movie? And then we get there and I was like, oh yeah, 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 this is this is that. Oh, this is like it was like a new thought every scene a little bit even Mm -hmm. though this movie is not like this isn't hotel rwanda or anything like that you know (laughs) but but i definitely like had like i was engaged like oh this movie is you know oh just trying to say something oh then eight minutes in you know then they say kaffir like with the hard r and i was just Mm -hmm. like oh this this was real this was real real yeah I was just well, very caught off guard by that aspect of it. Now, now being like a an older person. Well, it's it's interesting because Color of Friendship is directed by uh, Kevin Hooks and written by uh, Paris Paris Qualis, and that's two black men. So two black men wrote and directed a Disney Channel original movie and a Disney Channel original movie about. South African apartheid. This is this is and the this... real goof that sat by the door. What, what, <laughs> wow, this is crazy. How did this happen? This is in the 2000s. I have a too. lot of questions. It's, I mean, unfortunately, in the research, they, there's not really a lot of like, okay, so what? How, what did you what did you do to to Disney to the ghost of Walt Disney to let him <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> let you make this movie? That, that man's headless corpse was spinning in his grave. <laughs> just you, you know, underneath Epcot, just like rumbled <laughs> when they got the jobs. <laughs> well, because it's like you know, thinking of that time, it's it, we're we're getting Brink, we're getting a lot of these other movies. So like, it's not like Disney has a history of like doing these like. They have a history of doing movies that are about, you know, a social message, maybe, or like, you know, after school special adjacent. Definitely. But, you know, they they never made a movie like this. <laughs> you know, but I love point. how you say it like it's like fucking <laughs> Well, it's not like, like that. This. I mean, you know, I mean, like the is, movies though. that it is though. Yeah. Well, the movies that the Disney movies that said nigger before were like the cartoons from like 1940. <laughs> I will say that on watching it, that it's a lot smarter than I had expected it to be. There are a lot of cringe, white, you know, sanitized moments in it. But I think, you yeah. know, for a kid's movie on Disney, it's a lot smarter than I anticipated when rewatching it. Definitely that. It- and it does a good job, and we'll get into this when we get into the, the discussion discussion, but I think it does a good job of like, no, I'm not going to teach a kid about apartheid in an hour and 20-something minutes, but also yeah. like, I'm going to give you <laughs> enough that makes sense, and we're going to tell the story from a, a personal stakes perspective, right? Of like, mm-hmm. okay, this girl is living in my house. You know, she's treating me this way. She's acting this way. She's in my room. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're going to have these discussions. We're going to get into it. And I think, you know, even though they never really, like, tell you who Steve Bicko is or, like, you know, <laughs> a lot of the other, like, ancillary things, it's also like, yeah, but I, what would a kid do with that information? You know what I mean? Like, He started the damn there's... revolution, Jordan. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Well, well you know. out here. What you talking about? No. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, so it it stars. It's I mean, I when I saw Carl Lumbly, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot you were. <laughs> That's <laughs> also a complete surprise. Uh, and as well as Pe- Penny Johnson, Lindsay Hahn, uh, Shadia Simmons, and like I said, it is based very much so on the true story of Piper Dellums and uh, Ron Dellums and their family. And I'll 
do the five minutes. I oh, think you're I doing can do it. the five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's most okay. time. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm looking through the summer. I think I got it. I think I got it. I'm always overconfident. Uh, We're always <laughs> overconfident, but I it's weird. I don't know. It's like the events of these stories are like, are they that you get dense? caught up in the details? And we yeah, get caught up in the details. But let's we'll stick to it and see we have see what happens. All right, Cameron, let me know when the time is good to go. All right, all right, three, two, one. So we start off 1977, Washington D.C., still Chocolate City, right? Still a lot of black people out here, and so Piper Dellums, who is the star of the movie, more or less, and she's really excited about the prospect of having an african exchange student in her home nobody said yes yet but she's really laying it on thick with the parents she's putting on you know this traditional makeup she's playing the drums she's doing all this stuff mom is open ish dad is still kind of like what you talking about like having no more we already got three kids in the house i'm not i don't want another kid in my house but she's she's really working them and flip two all the way in South Africa, Mari Bach, who is kind of running a similar thing on her parents, right? Like she's out to dinner with her brother and her mom. They're, you know, quietly talking back and forth about, you know, hey, I want to do this for an exchange student program in America. Like, do you think dad's going to say yes? Mom is like, let me talk to him. You know what I mean? And dad comes in and first thing he says is, we got <laughs> we got Steve Bickham. <laughs> <laughs> that black troublemaker was locked him up and uh this white family is ecstatic they're like finally somebody put a stop to that nonsense and so he's in a good mood and you know the brother's just like you know mari just get it out you know she wants to go to america yada 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 dad's at first like no but mom is kind of like oh well wait, maybe you know it might be a good idea good opportunity you know yada yada so they talk him into it Meanwhile, this poor black kid who's just trying to live in South Africa bumps into this white man and spills some stuff on him and gets the shit kicked out of him. And Mari watches on and she's like, not my problem. Right. So we go. <laughs> cut back to the Dellums and Piper has finally managed to talk dad into it, talk mom into it. They're like, how bad can it be? You know, we'll get this kid over here and we'll see how it goes. It's only a few months. Right. And so program goes through they go to the airport to pick up mari this this poor black woman <laughs> walks by and they're yelling mari at her and she's like i got i have a family i'm gonna go to them now <laughs> but mari also gets off the plane she's looking around she can't find her family they go up to the um stewardess and they say hey we're waiting for a mari bach do you know who that is mari turns around and says that's me record scratch they look at each other <laughs> oh shit you know so course the the family of the congressman who is fighting hard against apartheid gets the white south african in their foreign exchange program and so at first they bring her back to the house of course the the brothers are doing the same thing and playing like drums and doing all this stuff ready to welcome her she walks in immediately just runs upstairs the actual seeing all scratch. these black people <laughs> terrified right and so they're like oh all right well maybe if we bring her to go see you know dad maybe things will get better it gets worse because she walks into a room full of black people <laughs> and is traumatized <laughs> ron Dellums looks at her and is just like you got to be fucking kidding me <laughs> um 
But you know, Mari is, is she's this is the worst worst nightmare on both sides, right? You know, and Mom is like, all right, you know, Piper, I know this isn't what you thought it was going to be. I know this is what you expected, but maybe if we talk to her and welcome her and give her a little bit of time to adjust, she'll come around, and you know, this will all work out. Meanwhile, Mari's locked herself in the barricaded herself in Piper's room. She's never coming out. Um, you know, dad is just like, look, if we can send her back, like, let's do that now, you know, cause I don't want any of this nonsense in my house. But Mari's dad had told her when she left, I'm, I'm giving you a week. Like, you're going to want to get the fuck out of there. I don't think you can do this. And she rushes downstairs in the middle of the night to give dad a call. And he picks up the phone. He's, I mean, he seems like an asshole generally, but he's like te- teasing her and he's like, Oh, you're all ready to go home. It's already been two days. And Mari has a moment of, you know, I can't let this motherfucker win. <laughs> I gotta, gotta prove him wrong. And so she, you know, tells him, no, I'm having the time of my life. Everything is great. You know, we're, I'm going to tough it out here. And so the next day, you know, they're all, still waiting for her to come out of the room mom gets her a chocolate shake and fries i this child has not eaten in what i assume is 72 hours but she sets piper up with the food piper is like look i know how to pick the lock to my room so like this nonsense is over she comes in and they have a, a brief moment of like recognition you know they kind of talk to each other mari's been going through all of her shit she's like i like all your records and uh you know this this seems cool and so they tentatively agree to try to work it out and try to see what's going to happen so you know i guess this is summer i mean it's interesting that she came this far ahead of school yeah because like there's a minute there before like there's even a talk of school and so you know they're they're hanging out for a little bit and um they have a whole montage of we're gonna go to the mall and shop and you know change clothes and have this whole like you know celebration and so they start to grow a little bit closer after that i guess piper tricks the people at what looks like a like a old timey malt shop and <laughs> them all, tricks them into like giving her a, a free Sunday. But at the same malt shop, she sees this black man, similar situation, tripping to this white guy, except in America, it's all good. You know, they have, she has a, she has a brief moment of like, that man's going to die, the way, <laughs> but it's fine. The way it's I all tackled fine. at this scene where it's just like built up. Oh no. And then it's just like, Hey buddy. Give me a Sunday. Just like, <laughs> what? He like licks it off. Of, mm. <laughs> oh um, man! But yeah, before that, I forgot to mention that you know they're driving through DC and Mari's like, oh, this looks like one of the slums back in South Africa. Is this what all of this is like? Because she's surprised that black people live in a nice house in a nice neighborhood. You know, she's telling them about, oh, you know, back in South Africa, you need to have your ID pass. And Piper's like, what is that? And you're like, oh, yeah, all the blacks have them because it lets them, you know, move about. And so we can track where they're supposed to be. And Piper's like, and they like that. And Mari's like, well, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about that before. <laughs> um, so there's, oh, there's oh, the moments of like little bits of friction where they kind of talk about what it's like back in South Africa. And Mari's kind of like, hmm. But as time goes on, you know, like, things are are looking good, right? They start going to school together, uh, you know, still still very much 
friends ish uh until one day you know they're having a conversation in piper's room and you know mari keeps saying oh like bantu bantu yeah like i thought we were going to a bantu school and piper's like bantu, like he keeps saying that what does that mean is that like nigger and she's like oh no 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 no. bantu is like black or like negro or colored kafir is nigger but i'd never call you that. <laughs> just, just silence swallows the room and then piper having a conversation with her father is just kind of like rattling off all of it oh yeah they call movies this they call this that i guess we'd be bantu in south africa or would it be Kaffers? And then her dad is like, so, so what? <laughs> what? What happened? <laughs> he storms out the room. Piper's like, wait, no, I think I got it mixed up. I think we'd be Bantu, not Kaffer. I don't know. And, and then, you know, he's like, what did she say? And she's like, definitely Bantu, not the other one. She'd never call us niggers. That- and dad is like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll let that slide for now. So, of course, uh, that night. Um- Going downstairs looking for something to read, Mari finds Roots uh, <laughs> by Alex Hanley and like kind of flips through it, but doesn't. I don't think she got, she's like LeBron. I think she got to like page Stop. two. <laughs> yes stunning book you're on the table of content (laughs) but you know she's she's doing that she's reading cry freedom uh you know for her book report like there's all kinds of things happening where it seems like maybe mari might be learning that you know things are different in america and maybe there might be another way to do things back in south africa cut to south africa Shit's going crazy, right? Like, Steve Bicko has been killed by the police. For whatever reason, Mari's parents not really concerned about her whereabouts or the family she's staying with or any of that other. She called once, and that's enough for them, I guess. And the, the South African government, though, however, very concerned. They call up and they say, hey, you know, we know that you have a South African child with you. She needs to come to the embassy immediately. We're going to come and pick her up. She can't stay with you anymore you people is the the inference there and so she gets picked up and taken to the embassy she's kind of distraught you know there's there's a bit of you know like what's going to happen to her and of course ron ron is on the committee you know to help end apartheid so he shows up at the the south african embassy and he's like okay you know like you're going to come home with us you know we're going to make everything right we're going to fix this and so finally there's there's i guess I guess the last showdown here between Mari and Piper, because the the one African kid at Piper's school, I guess that they go to for everything about Africa. In the beginning of the movie, he's like, I, "Why are you asking me? I'm Nigerian. I, what do you, <laughs> <laughs> please direct your questions to somebody who might have this information." But you know, he's he's sitting there because Mari's been watching all this stuff go on at the the embassy about Sibiko and like the story that they're telling is oh you know yeah he died it was sad you know nobody knows why it's a mystery and um you know the the african friend is telling piper hey so has she ever invited you to come back to south africa to like hang out with her after all this is done and like do you think she's really your friend and like do you know about steve bicko and that he got beat to death by the police isn't her dad a cop and she's just kind of like, ooh, wait a minute. These are all things I've never considered. And so she goes back, talks to Murray, and she's like, you know, 
you you've not necessarily been faking it this whole time but like i feel like yeah. you know this has all been like a lot of nothing you know what i mean because we're not actually friends or you don't actually want me to come to south africa and like i'm never gonna see you again and like this has all just been like a fake four months and like just tells her off murray runs out of the house crying of course ron is outside comes to talk her down and you get a little bit of a sense of like you know mari was really mean because she's like well i know she, you know piper can't actually come to visit me in south africa it's not the government it's my parents right like you know they would they wouldn't accept her they wouldn't want her to come you know but piper's actually my friend and then once they kind of hash things out she appropriates a story told to her by flora her black housekeeper where she's like I heard something one time. There's a story back in South Africa without crediting Flora at all and basically <laughs> tells about these weaver birds that like of all different colors that create this nest in this community. It's a whole, you know, metaphor for racial unity. Ron is like, that's fire. I'm going to add that to my speech uh, and basically takes the same thing, puts it into his speech uh, and like gives Mari a little bit of credit. You know, and then at the end, there's a whole Pan-African festival that's happening. African friend gives Mari like a South African freedom flag. She's like, I'm going to take this back home. She goes home to see the only person she sees is Flora. I guess her parents did not give a shit that she was back because they don't come and greet her at the door. But she sees Flora and she's like, hey, guess what I got? And like flashes her <laughs> South African freedom flag and like. That's the end of the movie. We fade to black. No, like, she releases the the weaver. Oh, bird. the weaver bird. Yeah, she releases the bird into the sky. Freeze frame. End of movie. Yeah, end the movie. Uh, so, of course, obligatory. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie because I feel like a lot is happening, right? And there's some things, like we said, that are good you know and that we have to give this movie credit for and then i think not necessarily through any fault of the movie's own but like it's from a 90s lens and there's a lot of like i don't know if i would necessarily qualify it as both sides ing but definitely a lot of colorblind world i think that's a i think that's a good way of putting it colorblind a little bit yeah because i mean we'll talk about it when we get to the reimagining but i feel like if this movie was made today there would be a lot of more anti-racism you know talk happening as opposed to like hey we're all the same we can all live in a nest together and like love each other and get along um but <laughs> having watched it now what what stands out to you both in terms of you know some of the things the movie did right and then some of the things that the movie didn't didn't quite get well, like I said, I think it's a lot smarter than I was anticipating for it to be on rewatch. Um, because like I said, I was eight <laughs> when, when yeah. I watched it and all of that just sort of went over my head. I just saw it as like this friendship between like this white girl and this black girl and then they get along, you know, with all this race stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I think it certainly gets... Um, you know, in this sort of kid-friendly sort of spark notes way about like South African apartheid and um, all of that. Um, wrong? Um, <laughs> like, I, I feel like it's so hard to be like, oh, this is 
wrong because it's a Disney movie. <laughs> like, I don't think I yeah. would like expect much, but you know, they're like, I think it's so funny that like America is like framed as like the beacon of progress. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> we're all in the mall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cameron, what about you? Um, kind of to piggyback off that, I thought it was wild that Flora envied America a little bit. I was like, you sounded pretty happy in whatever village you were from. Like, you can probably go back there and be happier than DC <laughs> or like Baltimore, if I'm being yeah. serious. Like, if you came to Baltimore, you'd be confused. You definitely right. want to go back to Africa for sure. <laughs> um, Props to this movie for showing the hood and not trying to like dress it up. It honestly, it felt like maybe 0.5 times cleaner than DC, like Northwest actually looks like or something like that. They probably drove through Northwest. Yeah, I was just like, did they? I, well, I didn't get in any DC. information. Okay, yeah, this was like, what's the shot in DC? Because I was like, I don't really look like. Oh no, this is Canada. Part of DC. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is super Canada. This is, we made this movie for a sliver of a real movie budget. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it felt like, you know, what I have seen driving through Northwest or like going yeah, around. Except for, the, except for the dude playing a guitar like he was in part. like, you know, middle of nowhere, you know, South South, where it's just right. like, all right, like we're not, it's not I don't roads. maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, we're not going to go like, hey, let's blast some go-go in the middle of this. <laughs> Just so you can get, just, you get that real feel. You need the steel drums of the street <laughs> to achieve that. Yeah. And watching this movie, I, I remember watching it as a kid. And even when I was watching it now, it felt like it was set in the 90s. If there was no mm. reference to like Steve Bicko, I, <laughs> I would not have known it was supposed to be in the 70s, which makes it even funnier that like America right? is framed as like oh this better version to south africa yeah well it's, well, it's of, interesting because there's ahead. there's a lot of well there's just a lot of weird like they'll drop it in hard it's just like oh yeah let's get in all these 70s clothes and like bell bottoms and like all oh yeah like we're gonna have this whole dance montage where we're like doing all these like weird 70s dances in our <laughs> bedroom just so you know, we're going to go see Freaky Friday, the original, not the Disney version, uh, <laughs> the theater, and like lots of little things like that. Because, yeah, at certain times, I would kind of forget that it was supposed to be 1977 because I was like, well, I mean, all of this seems very modern by, you know, those standards to me where I was just like, this doesn't seem like, you know, take away the music and like, you know, the constant references to apartheid. I. <laughs> It could be any time. Well, I don't want to freak anybody out, but this movie was made as far away from the time that it took place as now mm. to the time that the movie came out. <laughs> so, um, it, what? It, it, but it, it's kind of freaked you out because, like, it it showed you how like how much like the seventies, the nineties sort of were in a way. Yeah. Um, as far as like cultural reference points, because you're able to look at this movie and not even like notice at times. You're like. Was the mall popping in nineteen seventy seven? Like probably, I guess. Nah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and, like do do the research and stuff like that. But I I do know that they they feel pretty similar. And like apartheid also didn't end until around the time the movie came out. Yeah. Also, right. <laughs> so it kind of goes to sh- and it 
it kind of goes to show that like I, I don't sadly the movie didn't make this that connect that apartheid did end around that time uh yeah because that would have been like right the cherry on top but also like you said jordan what is an eight-year-old going to do with this information it was like (laughs) even if my eight-year-old saw the color friendship and like found me elsewhere in the house and was like hey dad i just saw the color friendship and now i know about steve biko and apartheid and i was like cool like i what are you what are you gonna do about it because nelson mandela seems to be trying really hard and he's not getting nowhere um but it was it, it did feel like exciting to me that yeah. a disney channel movie wanted to engage with real shit and try to actually sort of look like or try to represent what it felt like to be a an upper echelon black person but also mm-hmm. be like a normal middle class like regular run-of-the-mill black person so it kind of felt like yeah um like i don't know like engagement in a way i had it's 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 like get out for the disney channel crowd it's like (laughs) oh my god (laughs) you were capable of so much more you know well it's i mean it's interesting because the beginning of the movie is like some of the blackest the disney channel has ever been you know like that beginning where like the family's getting together and they're like you know trying to welcome dad home and like all of the stuff like just like the way that everybody was communicating like the little boys in this movie i was like that's a black family that like just the way that everybody is like interacting with each other it Um, literally felt like that yeah so that i mean that's what caught me off guard because i was like oh i i when i learned it was written and directed by black people i was like okay this i this checks out but before (laughs) then i was like the Disney Channel? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was like everything about I'm not saying that this movie was like, you know, just a 90-minute Black Power Fist or nothing like that, but it just, it, it struck me, you know, like, with the, the opening credit song is Back in Love Again, like, that's not a, yeah. that's not an A-side, that's not something like, you know, if your white friend pulled it out, you'd be like, damn, no, it's like, whoa, <laughs> you, you pay attention in class. You know, yes. You, you, you can't. You can't just like play an Earth, Wind, and Fire. Can't play sing a song and like nobody's gonna move. Nobody's gonna like not yeah. notice. And also, they got. Uh, I don't know how deep jazz heads you guys are, if at all. So sorry for this knowledge. Uh, but the music composer was Stanley Clark, which is which is like just mm. the biggest left swing black move you can make because it's like not not a famous jazz musician. <laughs> Well, a famous jazz musician among jazz heads, but a person right. to score a Disney Channel movie wouldn't have been my first choice. <laughs> uh, legendary jazz fusion <laughs> artist Stanley Clark, sure. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about that relationship between Piper and Mari. I'm going to play mm-hmm. this drop. Let me know if you guys can hear this, but I mean, it felt very much just like. So, if you're from Africa, why are you white? <laughs> which is <laughs> you know because because piper's whole thing is like black people are going to come here to live with us from africa and i'm going to get to learn about africa and like i think there was a little bit i don't know if it was ever stated outright that like we wanted a black south african child because we wanted to like bring them over away from apartheid and give them a little bit of 
like we're saying, it's interesting because it's like, I mean, they're not free in America. <laughs> they're more free than they are in yeah, South Africa. We don't have but like, like, town papers or nothing like that. Yeah, but like they still got to see the police and like still have to deal with all of these other things that are going on here. So it's not as if like, you know, they're they're going to this bastion of freedom. <laughs> they're just coming over <laughs> here, you know. But you just know, imagine that, like black people just like dancing in the streets. Oh my god! Bring your friends. <laughs> I mean, to, <laughs> my god, they let us do. To be fair, DC in the seventies is a is a very black place and like a very strong black cultural place. And so, like, I feel like there might have been a little bit of like, hey, okay, you know, come here and like you'll you'll be in a majority black city. Mm. Which is, you know, this even if they went to New York or Los Angeles or, you know, another place like that, like, it's probably more of what they would expect in terms of the American experience, but it wouldn't necessarily be that same, like, you're in a, you're in a black epicenter you mm. know, as it is happening. And so I feel like they didn't really talk about that specific point in the movie, but I do... I do want to talk about, yeah, just like that relationship between Piper and Mari, because it was, to me, a little strange, only in the sense of like, once they got over that initial hurdle, right, where Mari is like, take my bags, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I'll have big you, you know, like, touch, like mom had to sit her down and say, all right, so in my house, we, you going to eat you have breakfast, sugar <laughs> 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 you know, when I... We're not doing any of that nonsense. But, like, when she kind of comes around, like, it seems like a pretty smooth relationship, you know, for the most part, aside from, like, just those little bits here or there where Mari would kind of, like, reflexively, you know, drop into, hey, you know, not like, you know, Kaffir or, like, (laughs) that, but, like, definitely, like, you know, there there was a familiar expectation i guess on her part right like there was a a certain level of her her demeanor around black people in general because i think what's interesting obviously this isn't miss like the movie but like we never see mari interact with black people that aren't the delums right like the one time she does she bumps into that black kid at school and it's like fucking green mile like he's a until piper like comes and tells him off but i don't really think she talks to any other black people that aren't them i don't think she like has any experiences with black people that aren't them so like she kind of has this singular experience with this particular family you might be right is because honestly she silenced any room full of black people she walked into (laughs) doesn't it happen like twice that she walks into a room and every black person is like they exist (laughs) <laughs> well and it's interesting because it's not like she said anything so she's right. just a white person it's not like she's she's identified as like south african it's just like oh a white a, a small white child i mean maybe you know it is kind of like that blackest joke of like when he's on the elevator with the white girl and it's just like oh no no my worst nightmare no. <laughs> um but it it is it is interesting just kind of her to be like, what did you guys make of that, I guess, growth story of Marie of like her kind of coming here, having these experiences. And like, do you do you feel like when you end the movie that like she's made 
a genuine change of heart, you know, from where she came from to where she ended up? It was so interesting um, because I was thinking it wasn't about like her interaction with other Black people I was interested in seeing. It was her interactions with her family that I was interested mm. in seeing. And they're after that phone call she made early in the movie, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> so you never <laughs> see her like interacting, like sort of coming to terms with the fact that like her dad's a cop, like her family is like actively participated. Like she comes to terms with it. Like once she realized like, oh, I can't invite my black friend now back to South Africa, but you never see her like directly confront her family about that. So I thought that was interesting that, that there was never a moment for that. Well, oh, then, well, the movie immediately ends you know, <laughs> once, once once that possibility has arisen where like, you know, hey, Mario, so how is America? Like, tell us all about your trip. But, like, we never have that conversation. It I, just kind of like fades to black. <laughs> well, I, I thought I thought that the movie actually what happens after we freeze frame, if we just like keep it going, it's floor just kind of like does like a 10 foot vertical and just like smacks that bird out of the sky. And it's like, no, no, I am not free. I work for you. I'm not your friend. What uh, I, I, I wrote, I wrote on my notes, denial is a river in Egypt. Flora is not your friend. She works for you. Well, that I mean, it's 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 there's a there's a lot there, right? Yeah. Because one, you know, this is the same thing that happened with a family thing. Where yeah, like, the whole movie. Actually, yeah, you're watching that movie and you're like, oh, James Earl Jones is going to go back <laughs> and like have to actually talk to these people, and then you never get that, no. right? And like this is like, oh, Mari's going to go back and like, <laughs> you know, the expectation isn't for her to like sit everybody down and say, hey, guys. <laughs> Have you heard? <laughs> I mean, the movie honestly kind of sets you up to think that she's going to go back and, like, be the change she wants to see, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, I mean, there, you would you get the sense that maybe she's, you know, she's definitely seen the possibilities, and she's seen her country from outside looking in, and, you know, maybe has kind of gotten, because I think what is interesting to unpack about this movie is how children think about racism but also like when we're talking about all of the different like nuances and things because you know these kids are having this interpersonal relationship right mm -hmm. so like we're having mari and piper as like the the crux of the film and like how do they get along how do they work out some of these differences and like you know carla lu says like the system is bad right and like there are some things that i was kind of like all right, like I know this is a Disney movie, so and they can't like, straight say like the government is it's coming a, for you, <laughs> you know. But like the the idea that racism is something that is learned, right? But even even more so to the point where I think what we're seeing now, like in real time, is kind of similar to what was happening in South Africa, in the sense that as Mari says explicitly, like, oh, the government says we don't need that because it's protecting us, right? Like we don't have to think about these things or like we can't watch these movies or we can't interact with these things or like you know the news will kind of center out and tell us what is acceptable for us to to think about or watch and you know you're seeing in a lot of states and even in a lot of different instances whether these culture wars whether it's actual literal legislation you know like that library in that school in florida that had no books 
where you're seeing, you know, these situations where, like, I think kids, the nuance is one thing, right? Like, will they fully understand the complexities of apartheid and all these different things going on? I mean, we, you know, we didn't even talk about colonialism and anything else in this movie. We just drop into apartheid and, like, keep <laughs> the, keep the problems going. here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, what we got to do is we got to know. <laughs> yeah i mean I, I wasn't expecting like you know some some full-scale critique or like you know anything like that, that nigerian think... kid would <laughs> he was like would... look dog Yo, shit fucked up for a long time let me tell you about it. like yeah. read this book let's read some fast fans real it, quick i think it is it is interesting in 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 that relationship between piper and mari just you know thinking about like well how do kids make sense of these things right because they don't necessarily have all the information they don't have the history they don't have you know adults necessarily saying hey like you like you were just saying Cameron. so like we're gonna we're gonna do this homework together and read these books and like watch these documentaries and like it is a cultural phenomenon that i've observed and i i talk about a lot with black people where like I think black people, things just come to us via osmosis, right? Like, it's not even necessarily like somebody sat down and like showed you all of these things. Like, you just hear names, you just hear history stories, family stories, you know, larger communal stories where you just kind of learn all like because like apartheid wasn't a thing that i was like i want to research that but like i knew about it and i don't think i knew about it because it was something that i was like watching the nightly news and picking up i think it was just you know discussions around people that i was around yeah and you know just like my my parents and my family just you know kind of little things being sprinkled in throughout the day-to-day but i feel like this movie in particular is for white children yeah (laughs) yeah watching it because (laughs) they aren't having these conversations at home they aren't coming into contact with a lot of this information in general um and i think that's the smartest thing about the movie sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no 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 No, yeah uh well i was just saying that the i think that's the smartest thing about the movie is that it it understands that foremost before it under before it wants to tell you about like the details and the specificities of like these people involved in the civil rights movement right It, it tells you it structure wise it's more interested in children learning the mistakes of the previous generation and trying to figure out what to do with them whether or not they believe in those things uh i saw this tiktok the other day this is always fun uh you know some some black dude with a microphone as they are in a walmart uh with a little boy and seemingly his parents behind him just giggling and snortling and oh boy, so do I know which one this yeah, is? Yeah, I think you know which one this is. <laughs> oh, no. And he asked, it was like, what do you think of uh, black people? He's like, the little white boy, with like a half a second of hesitation, is just like, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And then, and then, like, you know, that's the proper response. Like, okay, excuse me. And uh, he asked, like, why don't you like black people? Which is, that's the question that never gets asked. And then the little boy says, also with like a half a second of hesitation of looking at it back at his parents, it's like, because my parents said that they're terrible. That's all that he needed to know, right? All he needed to know was that his parents were like, no, black people suck. Even this person talking to you on the microphone right now, he sucks too. They all do. Yeah. And that's your opinion too. And this movie seeks out, that's, that's the basic conflict in this movie, right? The conflict's not between 
well, the conflict that goes on in South Africa is between Steve Biko and, you know, the government that, and the South African government. And the conflict is racism that goes on here in America. But the internal conflict, the real conflict, is the one whether or not Mari's going to go back to South Africa and still feel that way, still be okay with, like, you know, waiters getting beat up. I, I mean, honestly, I thought <laughs> I thought the the weaker screenwriter would have had a third act uh, waiter situation because we had two that looked identical. Why yeah. we had a third one where Mari like just goes like, "Hey, hey, it was a mistake. He didn't yeah. mean it." And then that's the end. That's the movie. That's the dub getting released into the sky. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I I I do wonder, right? Like when we think about what impact these movies have in a you know I, look the expectation is not that the color of friendship like <laughs> created right, a generation of activists or, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> <you> know, right? <laughs> um but we 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 definitely do see a lot of movies and media that are aimed at children that discuss racism that do it in and like I said, this is the '90s, so I, I, you know, like colorblind was the was the the name of the game of the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, don't see color, don't think about it. You know what I mean? Like, don't get into people's you know personal spaces about any like everybody is a, we're all people, we're all birds that live in a nest, and like if we all just like do weave our own nests in. <coughs> community but not together you know what i mean like that was the thing about that metaphor that i was like but like they're not to get you know what i mean like they're in the same space but they're just not like doing anything together oh yeah so definitely it's kind of like too. you know like it's not a great metaphor for apartheid because it's kind of like i think that's what you want though right you want to keep them apart yeah, yeah. like they're in the same home but they're not the you know but i think it is you know, we're thinking about like how we relate these kinds of conversations to children. Like Mm. I am very curious just about like what you think is the way to go about it. Like, do you think a movie like this, if it was made today would, would be better served by being more blunt about things or, you know, like approaching it in a way that was more, even more detailed in terms of like, you know, the histories, or do you think that it is the way to go just kind of maybe not getting too deep into the weeds but like trying to have a a bigger conversation about you know like racism and like the societal ills and practices you know what i've been thinking about oddly is the film hidden figures i don't know if y'all have covered that or not <laughs> we have yeah mm-hmm. so, so that's like this big mainstream film but it's also like under the disney umbrella and so even mm. though it's made effectively for adults or at least for a broader audience you know it still is like sanitized in a lot of ways like that famous pee scene (laughs) like that's not (laughs) a real scene that's not a real thing that happened but you know I think the filmmakers whoever later came out was like oh yeah we needed a moment for the white guy (laughs) and so (laughs) one for the white guy (laughs) so i'm thinking like if um this movie was remade or made for the first time um like now i don't know i think of i i don't know if it i think it would not be smarter (laughs) 
-hmm. you know you see films like hidden figures you know green book and stuff like that and it feels like we've almost regressed in a way Mm -hmm. talking about race and films well i think you're i think you're onto something for sure because this movie's practical about it right this movie is like mari's from a place where it exists it's the lifestyle that she lives and piper you know coincidentally her father's a congressman is fighting that exact same issue so it's like the movie is like surrounded in it it's swirling in it regardless of where you turn you're gonna have to interact with it not so much to say like you gotta like read a whole wikipedia article about it but i feel like you're right that if this movie got made again today you probably hear less talk about steve biko and the specificity of what he fought for even though this movie isn't very specific about it at all just to name his name is kind of like wild too because that's the practice of saying his name that's the practice yeah. of you know elongating his legacy and what he fought for and the disney corporation is not necessarily known for well i feel like the there's, there's definitely a bit that. of even though you know 2000s uh search engines weren't what they are today like i think there was a bit of like my boy Bing say the name as jesus was out he was out here but uh, god can you imagine if you asked jesus about steve biko, that's so like, fucked up you would get back Please, pull up any information about steve biko oh right away Who? NASA. <laughs> right away but i think there was a little bit of like well and go ask your parents about that or like you know look the name up somewhere you know like get more information outside of this movie we're introducing you to these things but we're not necessarily gonna like educate you all the way about you know a lot of these topics i think my qualm a lot of the times with these kinds of ideals in that like you know a, a white racist but a black person and they became friends and that is like the roadmap for all of us to now <laughs> like come together and like love each other in a way that I, is I never one, that. Like, I never thought about that. Yeah, well, because there, I mean, all of these stories and tr- real, like specifically based on the true story type things, yeah. are like really held up in a way of like, and this is what we should be striving for like this is what we should be moving towards and it's like one i don't want to know any racist boom so <laughs> that's wow. not a thing that i'm interested in like being their friend or like i wish they would stop being racist like that's <laughs> certainly a thing like i'm not necessarily against them changing but like it is not my job or responsibility to like love them in any way or like give them any you know what i mean like you know i I'd, I'd rather just have nothing to do with them. Well, you know, think about it. That was the option. So <laughs> your role, if you're the white person going to go see like a hidden figures or a black and white, a black and white, or like any of these yeah. movies or a green book, you're the person who's supposed to learn the error of your ways, right? You're supposed to be like, right. Uh, like anytime I looked at a black person, weird, I get thinking of this movie and I'll, I'll learn the lesson. Right. If you're the black person watching this movie, which, I mean, God help you if you pay for it. Um, But if you're the black person in these movies, your job is to love the white person regardless of their, like, of their shortcomings. And love that white person who was a stone cold racist until they met you, the magical Negro who made them 
you know, look, and, look and elsewhere. Look, you know what I mean? It's it's interesting to read James Baldwin to the end, right? Because like there was a big period of time where he's like, hey, you know, like they don't know any better, you know, not like love them unconditionally, but like, you know, we can't let them change us, you know, like we have to be steadfast and strong in our ways and like you know they will maybe not come around but like you know the evil that racism is doing to their souls you know is is going to end them you know we need to not let that poison infect us yeah and we then wait, at the end he's kind of like yeah. <laughs> yeah white people man well because then he got to the end and he was like well how long do i have to wait for your progress right like how long do right. i have to wait around you know my children my grandchildren my nieces my nephews like all these people like you know we're just kind of sitting here waiting for you to decide that you've changed and grown right and so i think that there is a little bit if there were if we're getting into a little bit of the remaking of this movie or rethinking of it like Cameron, you were saying as a black person watching this, I was watching this and I was like, flame her, Piper, like get her out. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her That's about right. herself. Um, because I, I mean, I, I did like that there wasn't really a lot of like Mari like like getting one. You know what I mean? Like she was never she they didn't they did a good job of not trying to paint her explicitly as a villain, you know, but more so as a product of a product you know, of her from, yeah. you know. Right. And so it wasn't necessarily like she is she is a terrible person who is always going to be like this or whatever, because I think, you know, the point of the movie is to show change. But at the same time, like, I don't necessarily think that, you know, specifically for if we're, if we're talking about what black children get out of these stories. Right. It's like. There, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. Like, mm. I think the movie did a good job with that, too, in terms of like how, you know, mom and dad were talking to Piper and just kind of like, look, like, you know, we raised you. So, you know, <laughs> this movie does, we, does roots is on the coffee table. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, you, <laughs> this movie is very much so from black parents perspective, you know, I, yeah. I feel that just oozing through it. Like the way Carl Lumley just like sits up, she goes, what? She goes, Catherine? <laughs> <laughs> huh? Huh? No, I'm gonna go in that room. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go real quick. Like that's how he got the. That's how he got the job. The, that was the audition. Scene the zest, the zest with which he took her bags when he thought she was gonna leave. Ooh, he was ready. It was Goodbye. about to go right to the car. <laughs> oh, hey, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this didn't work out, but hey, hey, better luck next time. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> later. He was excited, you know. And, and I, I think that's the exciting part about this movie is that it. It like you said, it's it's kind of giving young children, especially young children who are in like neighborhoods where they're interacting with white people a lot, the fact that it's giving them the okay to have the conversation. Like having the conversation won't end your friendship. It won't it won't like tear you down or tear them down as a person. You can learn about that person. Like the fact that Piper no. and Mari even that Piper even says to Mari, like, you're just a cop. Yeah. She, she comes for her. She's like, you're part of the fucking problem, okay? And Mari's like, fam, my dad does what he wants. I'm me. <laughs> like, I, the, the fact that they had the realest version of that conversation, not the realest version of that conversation, but very real-sounding yeah. version of that conversation is so refreshing 
when you pay twenty dollars to go see a movie and they have the neuter version of that conversation, mm-hmm. and it it just hurts because when you go to the movies, you're expecting to see like at least versus a Disney Channel movie, you're expecting to see a little <laughs> bit more, some something more spicy, a little bit more, uh, I don't know, closer yeah. to reality maybe, but have had the has the um ability to be a little bit realer and you definitely don't expect that here and the fact that they even like had that whole scene and they didn't like slap fight at the end or like Mm -hmm. or call tear each other down was like kind of like that's the part that takes me aback that's the part that's like oh shit no one's no one's the villain here racism is the villain oh shit (laughs) I will also say if if you have that conversation with your friend and they do feel some kind of way, maybe they're not your friend. Ain't your maybe friend. you don't need that person around. That's the true um, color of friendship. No one's <laughs> not your friend. <laughs> Self-care. That's the color of friendship. Well, two last things before we get into some of the behind the scenes about the true story of this. I mean, one, I think this conversation has made me think too, just about like the power of white guilt and the, the misuse of that because Cameron, I mean, we, I always come back to that story you told me about after seeing that play and that white woman turned around and hugged you. And I feel like, you know, this is probably <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, if you want to give the short version, I can give the real short version. Um, so I went to an off Broadway play up here in New York. It was a Susan Lloyd Parks play. Susan Lloyd Parks is known for writing stuff like Top Dog Underdog, Bucky A very racially abrasive place this was her new play white noise it was also racially abrasive uh it was about a man who got in trouble with the police and as a result of that he came up with the idea to have his friend be his master so because if his friend if his white friend is his master then his master can speak for him so if he gets in trouble with the police again he's like hey go see my master about that it's a novel concept in a play fine for going to go see the theater right I go see this play, and I'm actually kind of enjoying it. It's actually kind of wild. It has some interesting stuff to say about the conversation. Regardless, this white woman next to me is traumatized. She is not. <laughs> she is like, I couldn't believe, I can't believe people are so cruel. At intermission, she was even, like, crushing her pearls. Like, how, who was, who was like this to this person? And they're like, oh, my God. Play ends. We all stand up. We all clap. We're all just like, that was interesting. That was at least an interesting talk about it. She was so struck that she was like, come here. And just like, I just turned to her. I didn't turn to her. She hugged me. <laughs> she, and I didn't hug her back. I was just there. She's like, I just need to hold one. I just need to And then she broke and she was like, I don't know why I did that. And what I didn't say anything, but what I should have said was, I don't know why I did it either. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't need you to apologize for nothing that happened in that way. That's a work of fiction. That's not your life. But I think. I think that's the thing, though. Is like I. I do question at times. White people love self-flagellation, literally, like yeah. Catholicism yeah. and other things. But they also love, like taking one on the chin and like keeping it moving. Yep. It's just like yeah, woo. Bad, like bad, we did a bad we, thing. Ooh, you know? I, like, ooh, can't believe we did you know? that. What mean? Uh, okay, so uh, what time are we meeting for brunch? Yeah, what's like, the, let's just go. Yeah, what's you know brunch? what I mean? Like, and I think and, you and know, then at brunch they're talking about the black waiter that they almost murdered in the last like, <laughs> spilling something on them. 
Because I think there's a little bit of that. I mean, not necessarily with this movie, but like in movies in this vein where I think, you know, white people kind of come out of it feeling like that that was the work (laughs) is I felt bad watching the color of friendship. Like the hug was the work. Like that white woman (laughs) saw a random Negro next to her and was like, well done. I'm telling you, Cameron, she told that story very differently. (laughs) To, the, to her friends the next day. He cried, a single tear came out of his eye, and he called you know, me. We, we held each other so tightly after, you know, we really... Yeah. You're some white woman's... Uh... I am her color of friendship. <laughs> and I was just a random nigga just, like, trying to go to play. So, yeah, I mean, like, do you do you feel, in general, in stories like this about racial reconciliation you know like friend like unlikely friends across racial lines coming together do you feel like these stories have the intended effect at times or do you feel like sometimes they're just there to make white people feel like maybe that could be me maybe i could find a piper out there (laughs) change my ways um i you know, <laughs> I think the genre in general, um, you know, there are some movies that are fine. There are some movies that are just like not okay. But I think, you know, stories that sort of like individualize like racism to just like a few bad encounters or just like, you know, attitudes of like individuals instead of thinking of it about as like a system, which I think funny enough this movie does attempt to do like you know there are times where the dad or the mom is like oh no it's not the people it's the government which is sort of like it can be both yeah (laughs) but but it does sort of attempt to like speak to like how this is a systemic you know issue a part-time is like the systemic problem it's not just simply this um issue of just like you know this one black guy getting kicked because he you know spilled a tray or something like that so but i think most um films of this genre um i remember reading this article called um and they would refer to it as like the anti-racism economy like you know all these Mm. like books that come out like during the uprisings that white people love to read like how to be an anti-racist and, you know, white fragility. <laughs> and I think, yeah. you know, um, these movies sort of like fall under to the same category, you know, like you said, you know, white people love watching these movies just to sort of feel bad. And then that's the work. That's, that's as far as it goes. <laughs> like they feel bad and they're like, okay, well that's fine now. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I, I don't ever really know um, if, the intended effect it goes beyond that if there any why if the filmmakers go into it thinking that there's going to be a wide spread change it certainly is not Cameron what do you think this movie actually is well, going just, to work this movie but like in a wider subset of these kinds of movies that try to portray you know a, a, a person of white people specifically you know encountering another race and like you know all of their misconceptions get you know tossed Mm -hmm. out the window and they become friends and like it's like a whole you know who could who could have ever imagined you know paul rudd look at us situation (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um yeah i 
You know what's funny? Black people don't make these movies. Well, we don't. No, we don't. We don't. We don't go about it making them ourselves, right? We, especially the ones about white people like finding out, <laughs> because yeah. that's just strange to want to tell that story. But this movie manages to do that and be told by black people yeah. and not like blame anybody which is what black people, which is what white people think black people are going to do, right? I feel like that's white people's number one fear is that like black people are going to, we'll find out what we what they actually did to us and we're going to, oh, we're going to blame the well, shit out of them and they're going to be mad. I think white people's number one fear is that it's, it, we're going to turn into white man's burden where we reverse oh. the roles and now and they, they And they live in Detroit and... Black people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I... I, I and this movie, to its uh, to its acclaim, doesn't uh, it's it's not interested in blaming anybody. It, it it knows that the problems are outside of their control. Yet there is there is actually a glimmer of hope, and that glimmer yeah. of hope is just simply two people just like being judgment free about that, right? they're learning about their judgments they're having them because they're young and they obviously like hold that shit real like they 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 see people and they're like mm -hmm. oh that's you know they make judgments like kids would but the fact that these kids were able to like make those judgments and then talk about them and talk about why is again like wild that it's this movie that actually does that versus the movies that cost 20 million dollars to make and and yeah. skirt around the issue and then it's all good we invited we invited uh don shirley over for christmas dinner after i called the two plumbers two months ago niggers like <laughs> it's all good it's all good baby like octavia spencer put yeah. poop in the pie and now she doesn't talk shit to me no more so it's all good it's all good but here right it's like, <laughs> it's like the stupid stuff has to happen and those big movies, even in Hidden Figures, like we finally got the right toilet, right? And now that's that's the win. But this movie understands, like, I don't want to praise it like it's fucking, you know, actual like roots or anything like that. But this it is pain right. of racism. <laughs> <is, you> no, know, <laughs> they didn't know what they had on their hands. But it is kind of like you know, it's wild that they're having the conversations. Like that's it's not riveting, but it is like yeah. That's engaging. And I think this movie is incredibly smart to understand that that is the thing that would make the conflict more interesting than it being an outside source, than it yeah. being like, I, I thought the movie was actually going to suffer once um, those two guys from the South, the South African embassy showed up to take Mari. Cause I was like, hmm. Oh, well now we got a face to the villain. And that makes it kind of like a little bit, you know, weaker. Because we can just blame these two guys because the embassy's the problem, the government's the problem. But no, it's right. the fact that it's it's even beyond these guys. It's the people back home who arrested Steve Biko. It's the people back in South Africa who beat and murdered that man. It's the police officers here in America. It's like, I, I appreciate that the movie, without, in, in so many uncertain terms, was able to just say that. And it was, it was, kind, of, it was kind of dope. Yeah. Well, in trying to do the research for the behind the scenes of this movie, like I said before, Disney Channel original movie, 
could be a little tricky because there's not a lot of like here's here's the nitty-gritty of the dirt behind so yeah, i really mm-hmm. wish i had details on how they convinced disney to green light this movie but uh there is a very interesting of all places tv guide interview with the actual piper dellum um about the movie that was done in 2019 and just talking to her about like what she thought of the film and kind of a little bit of her perspective of the, the true facts behind it. And so Disney, this is the closest that we're going to get. Disney was inspired by Delib's short story, uh, Simonier, which she wrote <clears throat> later in life, you know, and you know, they read it and they came back and they said, huh, that seems like, you know, something that could make a good, <gasps> movie, I guess, is <laughs> or Kevin, Kevin hooks really <laughs> stable to really talk him into it. But she says that, yeah, you know, she was 11 years old. Story kind of plays out the way it does in the movie that she really wanted to have um, specifically a black South African come do the student exchange program. In reality, there were two white South Africans. So, they, I mean, it's interesting to know that they the family did this twice. Both times they got <laughs> hey, that, white South African Can you African imagine? Like, um, bitch. Hey! Yeah. You know, I was thinking um, about it because so, I'm just like, in you know, what scenario would they have sent black... <laughs> South Africans during that time. Uh, I feel like right. they should have known that. <laughs> I yeah, because it was. Un- I mean, there was a lot of like weird discussion and like explanation of how that program worked in the movie. Where like, well, you don't you don't know who you're going to. Like, they don't need pictures and pictures. anything like that. <laughs> um, like, I would feel like there would be a very not even just thorough background check on it, but like lots of measures in place in terms of you the specifically the family sending your child away (laughs) where you would have had multiple conversations with the host family like you know back then no there's no zoom or anything but like just on the phone or like some kind of correspondence so you would know who the people are that your child is going to and you can feel somewhat of an assurance instead i mean again her family seemed pretty shitty they were just like (laughs) talk to you later i mean even that right like she called them late at night and was like yo i don't know like i'm I'm saying things that don't really sound like i'm okay but then like dad was like sound fine she said she was having the time of her life i guess (laughs) no further explanation needed um but so yeah so there was there was two different ones none of them were named mari there was one that was named carrie um, the other one they don't name in the story, but Piper says that, yeah, she was, you know, a little bit of a naive kid. She just really wanted a sister, uh, was really interested in Africa. And so, you know, this was kind of her way of getting more in touch with Africa. So when Carrie comes over, you know, like there is some more happening than you see in the movie. And, you know, specifically, uh, Piper kind of talks about how, you know, at first she was like using a towel to like touch door handles and like, uh, like open things in oh, the house. What? Uh, she was like, I think she described her as like, like, like thoroughly washing like utensils and like other things before she like ate or drank from them or like used them. So there was a, a little bit more than just her locking herself in her room. Um, I didn't want to be alive in the 50s. I'm not saying I want to be alive <laughs> in the 50s or the 60s, but like what do white people think was going to happen to them if they, if they drank at that same like drank at the black fountain if like a black guy drank at the yeah. fountain like oh my god it's disease. These people are breathing the same air as us. What is going on? Like fam. 
but it was yeah i mean like there was there were certain elements that were the same that conversation where she says nigger isn't like verbatim but it is kind of like they did have a similar discussion about like oh like you keep saying these words like what does this mean you know when you're referring to that and so she kind of like broke it down and it was a little bit like whoa like (laughs) what's happening um but she was like yeah i mean she she knew you know like there was a little bit of maybe this isn't not even just the way that this is done here but like you know the system is wrong but there was a level of like casualness to it of just having lived in that world and like that being your everyday experience and then kind of being shaken out of that um but like they said in the movie like you know they formed a very quick friendship they did a a lot of different things together they went to the mall they went roller skating she says that they saw greece five times in a row and they learned all the songs <laughs> and dances together um so you know there there was an actual real friendship between them it wasn't just some bullshit that you know they made it for the movie where like she was like actually i hated her ass and like she was <laughs> terrible and like you know it was it was awful although they do say that the other girl that came it was a lot less successful of an experience and like they did not get along so one for two i guess is the ratio but here's here is the the thing that i think a lot of people wanted to know and this is this is some you know other podcast type of stuff because she says that you know again similar things happened you know mari like left she went home um you know there was a little bit of you know back and forth between carrie the actual real life mari carrie and piper um this is what piper says Uh, people have disputed this people don't really know the actual true story and everything else from here but piper says that carrie helped form an anti-apartheid student underground movement when she went back to South Africa. She said that she was soon arrested for her organizing. Oh, they, they wrote letters <laughs> back and forth. Eventually, communication from Carrie ceased. Attempts to reach her through official channels failed, and Dellums and her family assumed that Carrie was killed as a result of her activism. What the f- What? What? <laughs> no! No! What? Hold on. Again, Nobody has any real. I, I tried to look into it. There were a lot of different situations, and like I could not get any actual factual information as to confirm or deny that. So this is again, this is from coming from Piper herself saying that she and her family just assume now South Africa at that time they weren't fucking around. So like, <laughs> I mean, that's right. You're right. It's possible. Not Marie going back home being like the real Steve Biko. Don't don't. This is not that. <laughs> but. Yeah, like that's, but that is that is the real story, that's you know, crazy. is that she was, she did have a, I guess, change of heart. Like she did come and, and have this experience with this black family and, you know, went back to South Africa and, and seemingly was involved in anti-apartheid things. But whether it, she was killed for it, whether she was just kind of like silenced by her family or you know like they just lost contact and weren't able to get in touch with her anymore who can say you is, know, that, I feel, again, I feel like that's, is that funny what i don't it's well <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's a little tragic if that I mean, is it's, the truth it's you know tragic. and it's that she tragic. was was killed but it's also like you know i i don't know if 
any attempts have been made because i think the thing about it was you know at least from what we know like nobody knows her last name obviously piper knows her last name you know all that. yeah but yeah like, you know her last name is not bach you know yeah but like there's no way to like if you were just trying to search records or like you yeah, know, you're not like, gonna find her how, how many carries were <laughs> you know in 1977 in south africa like you know that's a bit of a tricky discovery so that's that's the uh, unfortunate uh, behind the scenes that I have for this movie. My God, because yeah, we don't really really know, but you, you will know that Piper has you know as she is you know now a full grown woman, like she is an activist, she is a professor, she is a speaker, um, you know, and she's kind of followed in her father's footsteps in terms of being you know somebody who is very much so involved in you know anti racism. Obviously, was involved in anti apartheid stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, look out for Piper Dellum. She's she's written a couple of books and uh, short stories and things like that. So um, yeah, if you want to actually look and read that short story that she wrote, um, which again is called Simone, like that is an approximation of you know this this story oh, wow. with her and Carrie. So, um, but now let's turn our attention to all of our favorite aggregate review sites as we kind of. <laughs> Try to see what people think about the color of friendship. So, Hannah, we're going to look at IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and Amazon.com. Starting with IMDb, what do you think people have to say about the color of friendship out of 10? A 5.6. 5.6. Cameron, what do you think? I'm going to say solid 6. 7.2 uh, out of 4,000 <laughs> reviews. He's just trying to surprise uh, me today. I, I, I think that's the game today. I think, like we've seen before, there's a certain nostalgic kick with this where people probably saw it one time on TV and haven't seen it in a while. Like, you know, there's reviews here from 2009, 2002, 2001. How many are there? So IMDb says that there's 4,000 total. There's only 30 <laughs> written reviews. So, you know, I don't know. But yeah, like a lot of these are, there's one from 2022, but the rest of these are from, you know, way back in the the mid to early 2000s. So that's what IMDb says. Moving over to Rotten Tomatoes out of 100%. Hannah, what do you think? Um, um, color friendship. <laughs> if we got a 7 out of 10, I, I guess, I don't know, a 75? 75? Cameron, what do you think? It's not like it's not bad. That's the thing. It's not like bad. We seen some some poop on this <laughs> podcast. Mm. Um, yeah, I might say seventy percent, a hundred percent out of six reviews. So today, it's man? not. <laughs> But it does have a 77% audience score, and that's out of 2,500 reviews. That's wild. So it was very favorably reviewed at the time that it came out. I think a lot of people were looking at it from the perspective of, wow, like Disney doesn't do this, and this is kind of a a step further than they usually go. They said no. Not a lot of people are. But I think for like that's so raven, they would have had me like my neck crane, yeah. like proud family, but like, yeah, somebody called me a nigga the other day. I'm like, 
Excuse me, what? <laughs> but I think I think there is a bit of, you know, like, again, nostalgia review. And then in terms of the critics reviewing it, I think there is like grading on the curve of Disney Channel original mm-hmm. movie. I think they were maybe a bit kinder to it than if it was like a legitimate movie. release. Um, but coming to our absolute favorite, Amazon.com. <laughs> Hannah, what do you think out of five stars that The Color of Friendship has on Amazon? I don't know, five? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be surprised. I might, I'm, I'm going to say five stars. 4.8 out of 5. Uh, hey, I mean, you know, when it when it's this close, all five stars are filled in, so you might as well just call it five. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. 88% five-star reviews. One review from 2020, an important must-watch <laughs> film, right? Okay. Another review from 2022, never able to watch one star. I'm only writing this review to inform you that this is the first of three movies purchased in which I was unable to watch. <laughs> was it because so, of technical reasons or because you're a racist they, like, don't, happened, they like, don't fill it in it's also interesting because 2022 like if you're not watching this on disney plus i can see why this isn't working for you so yeah uh, that question as to like what you think your streaming services are doing for each other but it's time for us to write this movie out of Three levels of our Caucasian ranking scale. So we'll break those down for you real quick. The first level is shorts in the winter. In North Carolina, I can see it. I don't know if it gets cold enough, you know, to like be a legitimate concern. But this is the point where, you know, and even today, it's confusing. Here in Baltimore, it was like 75 degrees. Uh, So, you know, if it's one of those mornings where it's like, look, it's cold now, but it's going to be warm later. That's one thing. But we're talking about when it's below freezing and you still insist on wearing shorts, even though you have maybe a full North Face on up top, you know, down bottom, got to show those legs, right? And this isn't hurting us in any way. We're just curious. We're curious why you're making this choice. How is this benefiting <laughs> you? What's really going on? But as far as we're concerned, like, We'll, we'll, we'll curiously watch them afar, but no no harm to foul. Cameron, what's the second level? Uh, the second level of caucasity is this movie is touching my hair. So this movie, <laughs> at, at this point, this movie saw your, you know, luscious locks and we're like, you know, my hair doesn't do that. Why can, can I touch? And before it's asked you the whole question, the hand is already in your hair, mingling around. And this at, at this point, it's, it's violence. You know, they've invaded your space. It's a problem. Not necessarily an earth-shattering problem, but you might get smacked. Just saying. <laughs> um, and that's just like, you know, it's not so bad, but it's still a, an issue. Yeah. The third level was originally going to be them having an Afrobeat concert in Utah for the uh, NBA All-Star game. I don't know why they thought oh, the yeah. people in Utah would <laughs> would want to see Burda Boy and Thames, Burda but and Thames. <laughs> <laughs> there was tepid applause from the whites oh, as they nice. were confused nice. as to what was going on. They love Post Malone. Uh, Burda Boy was a, a different situation. Undoubtedly. That was until I saw this uh, on a recent episode of um, I forget the name of the show. It's the Ancestry Show on PBS. 
uh, oh, Lucas this, Gates. Yeah, oh, this was good. It wasn't going to be mine, but I, yeah, this is pretty caucastic. Well, the the first is on this on this latest episode, they had Angela Davis, and they re- revealed to her that she had ancestors who came on the Mayflower to America. And the look on her face, as you can imagine, was not one of of wonder or enjoyment, but of just like it's Black History Month. <laughs> Why are you doing this Shock. to Shock. me? And just like confusion. That's not the caucasity, though, because the caucasity is in the clip that's on Twitter. The white people underneath saying, "Huh, I also had." Ancestors on the Mayflower. Does that mean oh. I'm related to Angela Davis? Oh my god! <laughs> just sometimes I want the Earth to just stop spinning. We just all go fucking flying into space. What the fuck? There what? was a woman who said, "Oh, somebody should tell her to join the Mayflower Society." I hate it. I hate it all. I hate it all. So <laughs> did they even like Wikipedia Angela Davis <laughs> before they like comments and shit? Who knows? But this is the ultimate level of caucasity because it's just like, come the fuck on. <laughs> like come you know on. you know better. For white people who saw this information and their first thought wasn't, ooh, but huh, maybe we could get Angela to come to the family reunion that we're gonna have. <laughs> She's invited to bring raisins and potato salad. Is there <laughs> what is the white cookout? The hoedown. There... <laughs> they have relay races, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever activity it it's is, all you know, That's hilarious. Angela's not coming. But <laughs> 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 this just just general obliviousness to one like the horrors of slavery, the horrors Golly. of like this. There's the there's the issue in general with all of the ancestry stuff where I think a lot of people look at it and there's this kind of like, huh, yeah, like I wonder what you're going to find. Never going to be good. <laughs> Not to say that you shouldn't trace your family history and like, you know, look at all this stuff. But I think for black people, 99% of the time yeah. what you're going to find, you there's going to be some upsetting stuff in there. Um, yeah, there's like a hundred people in America who were like got the cool experience. Like somebody was an ex-slave turned abolitionist turned speaker had their own wealth, and everybody else were owned by slaves. Everybody else, yeah, you, everybody, <laughs> you, me, and your friends, your mama's friends were owned by slaves. All of them. <laughs> and if you're in Angela Davis's case, some of them came over on Mayflower. <laughs> But that's so that's the the ultimate level. So from shorts of the Wild. winter to Angela Davis being invited to <laughs> <laughs> Christmas at uh, <laughs> some random white person's house. What do you think <sighs> the color of friendship gets? <laughs> Was it touch my hair? <laughs> touch my hair is the second level. Yeah. Yes, I think it's the second level. Well, like I said, it's still a Disney movie, so it can only go so far. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's like, it, it does, you know, it's best, but it's still just like, oh. yeah. <laughs> Cameron, what do you think? Um, for the first time, I'm actually like, this movie is kind of like shorts in the winter. It, weirdly enough, like, it's kind of like I would show it to my kids, you know, or not even like I would 
go out of my way and be like, hey, <laughs> sit down. Up in that color. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> Little camera, let's watch the color of friendship, though. There's never none of that. But I wouldn't be opposed to my kid watching that movie and having questions for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Whereas, like, if they watched Green Book and agreed with it, I'd be worried. I mean, your first issue is you let them watch Green Book. <laughs> That's a negligent parenting. If That's negligent that podcasting. That's negligent blackening. That's ne- negligent being a black person. Um, oh, my God. I had like three jokes at once. I'm sorry. Uh, but <laughs> none of them came out. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with this movie. Actually, for the first time in a while on this podcast, I'm actually like, mm. wow, that was actually like a – pretty decent movie about racism yeah wildly enough i would i would split the difference shorts 0.5 uh in okay. that it's like generally fine benign you know like nobody's gonna come out of this movie thinking that you know mari is some kind of like even though at the i mean that was even though she my was thing. well at the at the at the very end like once she took flora's story and just like appropriated it and started like saying like yeah you know this is a thing that we say where it's like you didn't hear that and so just before you left to come to america and it was told to you by your black housekeeper that's not like a proverb white people don't have proverbs but that wasn't like a a thing that you said that was just said in your household that was a thing that you heard and now you're just telling it to this black family like i heard it yeah you know if she said that to me i would have just lost you know and and then Ron Dellums is like, yeah, you know what? That was kind of, I think I might say that too tomorrow at my big speech. It's like, all right, come on, wait a minute. So there's certain moments like that where I'm just kind of, and, and just the general again, like, even though, yes, this is a true story, this is a thing that actually happens, like, it's, it's maybe not the exception to the rule, but it is kind of this thing where, like, let's not get crazy and you know start saying that everybody should like kind of extend an olive branch over to look if if again people want to change their ways and do all that that's great please do that but like black people's responsibility people of color in general's responsibility is not to go to white people and help them work through that shit (laughs) read books and like you know do that work and should do should do that work specifically within you know their own framework and not put that on us to do for them so it's not that this movie is like saying that that's what should happen but there is a little bit of like yeah you know like hey if a racist happens to be placed in a student exchange program and they come to your house it might not be so bad whereas you know in real life this girl was like you know about to get out all the bleach and like just go over every square inch of this house before she even sat down so (laughs) um well yeah i think that's that's gonna do it for us today hannah thank you so much for joining us really appreciate it um please take this moment to tell everybody where they can find you online what you have going on what people should be looking out for all of that good stuff um my website is hannahpfeiffer.com h-a-n-n-a-p-h-i-f-e-r.com that's where i put all my writing um I am on social media everywhere. I'm written by Hannah. Nice. Cameron, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and IG at TheBlipster1138. 
Um, if you're on TikTok, I have been making some movie brackets, okay. <laughs> some some album brackets, because that's what they do there. I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm in my mid thirties with a TikTok. Make it work. I I already <laughs> apologize. <laughs> um, and I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jrsosa18, jrsosa18. Let's see what's happening. DC Power is getting reprinted. Ooh. It's coming out March 14th. Red Sonja, Hell Sonja is coming out March 22nd. Just announced the Milestone anthology that is from all the people in the Milestone Initiative. It's coming out on May 30th. So that's all of our stories uh, featuring all the different Milestone heroes. So that's all my comic talk. All that stuff is coming out in the near future. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at white underscore pod on Twitter. You can also reach out to us at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. Do all the things you do on your podcast providers. Give us the stars, give us the likes, give us the reviews, all of that good stuff. And we'll be back next week with more Cockacity. Peace. Peace. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.